Time to talk TV. And Linda Burgess is with me. Hi, Linda. I am. Hello, Jesse. How are you? Oh, great. So nice to talk to you. How's things your end? Oh, pretty good. <laughs> great. A, a, a fortnight of foul school holiday weather. <laughs> Which did mean that I did watch quite a bit of television, so that had its good side. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, last week was better up here, but yeah, um, yeah it's a pain, isn't it? Well, we've had, we've had such. I mean, I'm, I'm so sticking up for Wellington, but we've had a very good winter and autumn. But this and, last... and not a bad summer either, as I recall. Yeah, I think I can't remember too long ago. Not too yeah. bad. But uh, we do better winter. We do a good winter and um, autumn here because it's not as windy. But this, oh, honestly, it was just awful. Oh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry to hear it. So, yeah, as, that's okay for a TV critic, though, because you yeah, have to yeah. catch up. Yeah, good for a TV critic. Um, so should we start with? Pack, uh, pack of Lives? Or what, do we, what do you want to talk about first? Well, actually, I did briefly want to mention um, Country Calendar because I was watching it last night and, you know, at the moment there's such terrible things on television, in the news, you know, uh, you know, Israel and Hamas. Yeah. And, oh, just, uh, just one thing after another. But there's something so optimistic about Country Calendar and it always talks about people doing good things, but it doesn't virtue signal. Yeah. You know, and I thought last night when it was um, talking about... The, they were interviewing this terrific guy who's got everything on um, uh, his cherry orchard all electric which is self-sustainable and you know and he was just so straightforward and it was so obviously the right thing to do and he was getting such pleasure out of what he was doing it just left me feeling better and actually there's something to be said for things that leave you feeling totally. better I say that every time and there's two <laughs> ways to do it two ways to do it they can uh, lecture you on what you're doing wrong yeah. or they can show you people who are doing yeah Interesting and, and inventive things, and, and just make it look normal. And so, and it really is normal. Actually, it's a yeah. different kind of normal from what we're sometimes getting. But no, I really just thought when I was watching it, oh, I feel so much better for for watching this. Then you go on to Sunday or whatever the Australian one, which is almost invariably about someone being murdered, and you think, oh God, here we go again. <laughs> but I am going to start with the one called "It Is a Murder." It's who killed Jill Dando, and I've called it two things in my notes to you: murder of Jill Dando and yeah. who. That's because there have been other programs made, and this one was on Netflix, and it's Who Killed Jordando. And she was a BBC presenter, a TV presenter in England in 1999. She was murdered. I remember it um, vividly at the time. And, and, you know, the horror of it. She was one of those really mother of the nation Mm -hmm. kind of. She was just lovely. She also looked disconcertingly like Princess Diana. Yeah. Just two years after the death of Diana. Two years after. And I was sitting here thinking, God, she looks like Diana. And then they mentioned her hairstyle and they said, oh, who had it first? Her or Diana? And they said, oh, she did. Uh And I thought, yeah, I can believe that. Diana being influenced by this lovely yeah. woman on television. Yeah. But anyway, she was just going home. She, she was actually living with her about her fiancé, but she'd gone home briefly to her house in suburban London and was murdered at her front door. Somebody shot her and nobody heard a gun. And in fact, they initially thought she'd been stabbed, but she had actually been shot because they found a bullet. Um, but it was just the most incredible thing because they really didn't have... A clue. They still don't have a clue. They did arrest someone a year later, and it was very sort of like um, Arthur Allen Thomas in that he was sort of... um, Convenient. He was convenient, and he was in the area at the time, and he had had other... uh, He had had other... He had stalked women, and... um, But he... um, 
Oh, about 10 years later, he was found. He had another trial and he was found not guilty. So they'd had 10 years or so of him in jail. But what was particularly interesting was that they interviewed him. They interviewed his sister, who was one of those women who didn't stop fighting until she'd gotten freed because she just knew it wasn't him. And also they interviewed um, her ex-boyfriend, who was head of news at um, BBC on the channel that she was on. Uh, She was also doing Crime Watch. The fact that she was doing... um, Crime Watch, uh, they thought might have been a reason a for him, a motive. Yeah. And also, she'd, it, Serb, it was the Serbian uh, war was on at that time, and she had been raising money for Serbian refugees, and so they thought it might have been to do with that. There wasn't, there just simply wasn't a motive. And um, But what was most interesting was the guy, Barry George, who spent all those years in prison. They just decided in the end he was intellectually very unlikely to have been able to commit a murder which was so skillfully and quickly and invisibly done. (laughs) And he didn't have the brain. And that was actually very interesting. And it wasn't cruel in any way. It was just the truth. And they also talked to a guy called Razor Smith who was a journalist inside. He was in jail, but he was a journalist for the jail news Inside Time, which is a newspaper which is given to uh, prisoners. And he just said, oh no, that he actually reckoned he'd talked to this guy and he knew it wasn't him. But he also implied strongly he knew who it was. But if he'd said, he said it was a professional hit, but he said if uh, if he he knew who it was, but he wasn't going to say because this lie, he would have been killed for it himself. So Gosh. it was it was, it was was interesting. It was, a, it was a well done documentary, even though it took a very firm stance. They they simply didn't believe it was Barry George, whereas mm. the police detective who was in charge of the investigation at the time still believed it was Barry George, so it left it open. So N- Nigel Dando, is that her brother or her partner? Oh, that was her, her brother. brother, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, so, and, and so even though... And it, I don't know anything about um, police investigations, but it does seem like it might have some professional aspect to it if they did it in daylight with very few clues yeah, left over. The thing was, she was living with her fiancé at the time, and she'd gone home to pick up to her house to pick up a fax, and no one else, the chances of her coming home right. at that time. So there were things that they didn't really address. They yeah. they sort of sk- skimmed over them. But I, I thought it was an interesting um, you know, cold, wet Wednesday afternoon watch. Yeah. I think it's three episodes. Three episodes, yeah. okay. And, and and possibly unlikely to ever have an answer. Yeah, well, that's what they sort of said in the end, that they thought they would never know. Well, it's, it is like um, Arthur Allen Thomas and the crew murders. They, there's always going to be people who go, well, I know, you mm, know, uh, yeah. but... But they don't, yeah. Okay. And um, then I would actually like to get on to... Uh, and that's on Netflix. The next one, I think I told yeah, sorry, you, it was on if, Netflix. If but you just on, tuned in, uh, who killed Jill Dando? Is yeah, the name who of killed Jill? Yeah, yeah, Jill Dando. And um, on there's another one which was called a, a drama on TVNZ Plus. The following events are based on a pack of lies. It was much publicised two or three weeks ago as being something to watch on TVNZ Plus, and I thought, oh, I'll give that one a go. Yeah. It's actually basically called A Pack of Lies, although it's got that bit at the beginning, yeah, yeah. you know, the following event. Um, it's, a, it's a drama about gaslighting, actually, and 
I could finally say to my husband, this is what gaslighting <laughs> means. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Ella, there's a character called Alice who sees Rob, her husband, who had disappeared without trace 15 years earlier. He'd gone out for a Chinese meal and he just hadn't come home. Oh, yeah. But he left her in a pretty bad position, having uh, taken money from her parents and, you know, left quite a few people in a in a bad position. And so they never really believed that he'd suddenly died. Yeah. They thought he was somewhere. So she sees him in the street in Oxford and then sees ads with his face and realises that he's now uh, fraudulently, uh, he's standing, he's pretending to be a significant climate change scientist uh-huh. and he's giving a talk and he's very charismatic and he appears on the stage by swinging down the front of the building. And, yeah. uh, but it's interesting because I kept thinking, how about, um, h- how about Google? It just seemed to me there's a lot of ways of finding out, not, <laughs> not finding your disappeared husband, but yeah. finding whether someone genuinely is a climate change scientist. I, but I because she's seen know that it's her husband or yeah, does she oh, just no, strongly she recognises suspects. him immediately yeah. and follows him and then realises it is him. Uh, it takes her a while and it takes her a while for other people to believe her as well because it's all about what's true and what isn't. Then meanwhile he's forming another relationship because he's always on the make and you do realise quite quickly it actually is him but he's always on the make and he's forming a relationship with Cheryl who's a recently widowed and successful writer of science fiction and so Alice try Alice the other ca- the, the ex-wife tries to warn Cheryl and and sort of yeah. li- lies in a way to get into her life too so everybody's telling lies actually but that's why it's everything's a pack of lies. Yeah. But it's really very riveting. Uh, I told my daughter to watch it, and she's sort of your age, and I said, uh, I think you'll like it. And she rang me after the first one and said, oh, it's okay, first episode. But by the end, she said, oh, I'm totally gripped. You yeah, know? And, and you actually dropped me a note last week I, I and did. thought me and Victoria would I said, enjoy it. I, I reckon you would. I, uh, I do too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very good. Just and, enough plot to yeah, keep you interested plot, in, a bit of humour. Yeah, but also, yeah, Great all premise. of those things. Yeah. But also... Um, one of the reviews said about it the, how attractive con men actually are, mm-hmm. and you know you think how people get pulled, you know caught up in these shocking scams by someone from Nigeria pretending to wanting their half a million dollars and you know in New Zealand apparently we 've had billions of dollars lost from people who believe someone like that, so it made it very um, you know sort of believable yeah and he was very charming. He was very charming. Has he been uh, anything else? I don't think I recognised the male actor. No, I, no, I didn't recognise him, but no. then I'm hopelessly bad at knowing you know, <laughs> yeah, no, I me barely too. know who Benedict Cumberbatch is. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm learning, but, you know, I don't know him. But it's written by two sisters, and I haven't got their name in front of me, and it's a very woman's eye. It is a woman's eye. It is. And I, I thought it was really... Um, it's really good. Great. Yeah. Um, Victoria and I, we'll, we'll have a look at it. We're just working our way through season three of The Morning Show at the moment. Oh, yeah. Have you watched any of that? No. Should so, I? So that's the one Steve Carell, Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon's on the um, set on the um, uh, on the set of a big, you know, Good Morning America, one of those TV yeah, shows. Yeah, I'll, I'll give that a go. Yeah, that's and he's up. he's going through a bit of a Me Too moment and... Oh, Reese, yeah. Reese Witherspoon's the young reporter on the rise, and Jennifer Aniston's the one who's been doing it for 25 years and is just, you know, the network's wondering if she's passed her sell, da- sell by date. And yeah, it's, it's yeah, great, actually, great stuff. That, you, that sounds good. But you, mm. you just reminded me too about the Me Too moment because they show with dis- with great discretion just um, clips of Jimmy Savile and OJ Simpson.
Robinson oh, yeah. and Jeffrey Epstein. And so you think, oh, yeah, <laughs> these are also frauds. Yeah, oh, yeah, know, right. Of a different okay. kind. Yeah. yeah. So and, and and psychopaths probably. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Given yeah. their ability to no, um, no to create that, no, not even that, that other world and feel no guilt or empathy. <laughs> yeah, 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 no guilt. Yeah, certainly lacking in empathy. Thank you, Linda. So that's um, it's a mouthful, but uh, if you googled "pack of lies," pack of you'd lies, find it. Yeah. It's on TVNZ, and it's still on one demand. of their big shows. You know, their cool. big um, yeah. what people are watching sort of third. And yeah, they really pump them out when they get a new show like they that. Do, you can't don't avoid they? them. <laughs> yeah, and but and the third one is uh, a very earnest one. Actually, it's sort of like a promo in a way. It's called "Live to a Hundred: Secrets of the Blue Zones," and I actually have not got the slightest desire to live till I'm a hundred, but right. I thought, oh well, some people want to, yeah. so this could be for them. But what it actually shows you is not so much how to live to 100, but how to live a very good life, really, most of your life. And so he looked at five places. I think they were they're mostly rural, but not all. There was Costa Rica, Japan, Italy. California was actually Loma Linda, which is a suburb of Los Angeles, I think, and Greece. And they all had in common a com- the people that were living to these old old age mm. were all actually still being amazingly useful. It was all sort of obvious, actually, I think, to most of us that they lived in communities. They believed in something, usually. Yeah. They had a wholesome diet and they exercised. You know, one woman went to church every I think she was in Greece. She went to church every day up a really steep hill. <laughs> and they said, well, she was doing everything then, you know, and meeting. So she met people there, she, you know, and uh, it was socialising, exercising, yeah, yeah, finding purpose. Things, yeah. yeah, and I left at the end of it. I thought, oh, I don't think I still don't think I want to live till I'm a hundred. But it was it, it was interesting. But but they said, you know, they said it was amazing. This is a huge surprise. No, it's not actually. We all know <laughs> we all know that. Yeah. But uh, it was it was a nice enough. Um, Dan Butner, his name is, and he writes books. I mean, this was a huge promo for his books in my opinion but it was still interesting yeah and there's the people in japan and you know it was interesting good one yeah. um and lots of love for your comments on country calendar uh coming oh, good. through uplifting yeah. positive and gives you hope seeing others doing amazing it things does, particularly for our environment says one it person it just does yeah, <laughs> yeah so. linda yeah. love your sessions thanks so much thank you love yours linda burgess <laughs> on tv that third show was live to 100 Secrets of the Blue Zones.